Well, I hear baywaters lapping lowly with sounds by the shore. That can mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling from Needham, Massachusetts. With Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, RT. Hey, how are you? Okay, but I didn't hear the Baywaters lapping in my connection here. Oh, I don't know. Uh, they would. I hear, <laughs> heard them in my earphones. You know, but, <laughs> well, anyway, we'll try try again uh, next tomorrow, next Tuesday. I mean, well, anyway, uh, do you have a ride of the week? Yes, I have a ride of the week. But you didn't ask me what the weather was. Oh we, yeah, what is the weather? We were like? supposed to get up to four inches of snow overnight. Yes. Uh-huh. Instead, we had less than one inch, and it's turned to rain. Oh, kind of disappointing. So, <laughs> so it it looks nice, yeah. and we're not going to be freezing up. So uh, that's that's good there for the commute. Okay, and then is it going to wash off the uh, snow there? Yeah, but uh, they're looking at a another storm later in the week. Hmm, okay. Well, some more of that winter weather coming. What, what, the, yes. what did the uh, groundhog say anyway? <laughs> well, he said six more weeks of winter, but we haven't really had much of our usual winter anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what I understand. Yeah, further north, though, the ski areas are getting enough snow. Okay. So uh, they'll be doing well. All right. Well, that's good. Well, uh, what about the uh, ride of the, the week? The ride of the week, yes. The 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander. Okay, this is a SUV. This is the plug-in hybrid version and all-wheel drive. And it comes in white diamond paint. But uh, when I open the door and get in, and you can say, wow, the, the interior has got uh, a uh, leather interior. It's semi-aniline leather. Mm-hmm. in white and kind of a uh, orangey tan trim. Looks very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Mitsubishi has been noted for uh, good value for money. You get a lot for what you pay, although these days you're paying a lot more with uh, any kind of vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, let's go through the, the specs here. Okay, it's got a 2.4-liter engine. It's got twin electric motors, one on the front axle and one uh, on the rear axle for the all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. It's got a 20-kilowatt-hour lithium-ion drive battery. It's got a, it's a big battery, so if you're using only 110 voltage to charge it, it takes 29 hours. Mm. But it's a big vehicle to uh, to move that, and it... Uh, it's specced at 38 miles on all-electric uh, power, mm-hmm. on all-electric drive. But after I had uh, charged it up, it was telling me I can get well over uh, in the mid-40s in terms of electric driving range. Mm-hmm. And uh, the EPA numbers also say it, it averages 64 miles per gallon equivalent, which for other plug-in vehicles, it, it's kind of on the low side. Other ones get up in the 90 uh, miles per gallon equivalent range. Mm-hmm. But it is a big vehicle. It's a full-size vehicle, and it uh, it seats seven passengers. And it uh, com- it comes with the base vehicle comes with 
navigation, a nine-inch navigation screen, and three-zone automatic climate control. Okay, and the base price is forty-five thousand four hundred and forty-five dollars. But with the option, the SEL premium package for twenty-seven hundred bucks, you get a panoramic sunroof, heated steering wheel. You get the special leather seating, a head-up display, which is nice, and a Bose premium speaker system with nine speakers, and a driver and passenger massage function on the seats. Oh. <laughs> and so, yeah, well, I, I adjusted the seat, and I'm driving along when I first got in the car, and all of a sudden, the seat, the seat starts massaging me. I said, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on? And so I, I found the button that I accidentally hit. It, uh, you have the seat controls down on the side, mm-hmm. but the, the seat massage button is towards the front of the seat on top of the side. And uh, so I did find it. Hmm. But uh, seat massage is nice on a, long, uh, on a long trip. Yeah. What a country, I know. <laughs> okay, and uh, what and else? It's, yeah. yeah, it's I it's I A I I H S Insurance Institute of Highway Safety top safety pick. So that's the ride of the week. All right, you, uh, you get uh, oh let's see. Well, I gave the MSRP, but with the additional equipment and destination and handling charge, it comes in a little over fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So the ride of the week, the 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander plug-in hybrid vehicle. Nice riding vehicle, uh, and uh, you go in comfort and luxury, and you can get a massage, at least in the front seat. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, anything else uh, automotive today? Oh, yes. Okay. We, in the New England Motor Press Association, had a presentation last week from Honda on the new Honda Pilot, the 2023 Pilot. And uh, this has been a, a complete redesign. And what's interesting here that, uh, you know, I haven't driven this. I, I drove it in winter vehicle testing for about 10 minutes, so you really don't get a feel for the uh, for the car. It, it, it seemed to be, when I drove it for a few minutes, it seemed to be, you know, rather middle of the road in the way it handled and drove. But the Honda folks tell us when they redesign this, they, uh, all these auto companies do all kinds of marketing research. And what Honda's found out from focus groups and everything else is that after the pandemic, people want to get outside more. That, uh, you know, the, the usual, not knock, but the usual uh, thing about SUVs is most of these things just go on the street and they don't really go off road. But Honda's re- marketing research showed that more people want to get outside and go off road. And so they've designed this to be more of an off road SUV. Okay, and they've trail rated it for uh, a good portion of the off road trails in the country. And especially with the trail sport version of this vehicle. So we're looking forward to uh, driving this a little bit more. Some of the other features that uh, 
They've put in, uh, you can seat up to eight passengers. They have new, newly designed seats. Some of the features, the floor panel in the trunk, you can flip it over from something that's hard and washable. Then you can flip it over to have a little softer uh, material to uh, put uh, other, uh, you know, more delicate items, say. Hmm. Okay. And it's got a, uh, you can get a 12-speaker Bose system if you want. It comes with a 285-horsepower, 3.5-liter V6 engine and a 10-speed automatic transmission. Then all-wheel drive is available. And uh, part of the redesign to go off-road is the body is 25% stiffer. Okay, and uh, it's got, uh, you know, the body is stiffer, hmm. and it's 25% improvements in the brakes in terms of the rotor size and the calipers. And they've, they've also increased the, uh, the safety rating by uh, in, uh, changing the structure to channel the energy from side impacts. Okay. And, uh, you know, the trail, the trail sport version, they have skid plates under everything underneath. So you can put the full weight of the vehicle on a skid plate and not cause any damage to the engine or the gas tank, whatever. Okay, so we're looking forward to getting that eventually and driving it. Although I don't know where I'm going to go on a trail off-road except to the Needham dump. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you have a Musk Minute by any chance? No. No? No, we, no, we don't have Musk Minute. Where He says in uh, next month or, the, you know, today, uh, starting tomorrow, they may launch the Starship. It uh, could launch in March. Hmm. So that'll, that'll be the really big uh, hurdle to overcome, to uh, launch the super heavy booster, have that work, and then have the Starship that it puts into orbit, come back and re-enter and uh, do a simulated landing in the ocean off Hawaii. Hmm. So that's our Musk Man, uh, if you want. Yeah, yeah. A simulated okay. uh, splashdown. <laughs> right, well, they're not going to try to land it. Uh, the, uh, the whole idea is you'd fully reuse a, it'd be fully reusable. It'd come and land on its tail at the launch site. Hmm. But for the first... Uh, for the first flight, they're just going to try to simulate that landing out in the ocean mm. rather than try to do too much on one flight. Okay. All right. Uh, what else do you have for us today? Okay. Well, I've got another automotive item, and this comes from a question from one of our listeners. Okay. Mm. And this is for, for uh, Dano in Chicago. He says that... Uh, you know, we talk about when we describe the vehicle, we say, okay, it's got a 2.4-liter engine or a 3-liter engine. And he says, first of all, he's, he's more of an English unit guy rather than liters. But the, that number, liters or cubic inches, like one liter is about 60 cubic inches. Hmm. That is what we call the, the engine displacement. In other words, you have a piston with a round area. It moves up and down a certain distance, which 
trans which describes a certain volume that the piston moves. That's mm -hmm. the piston displacement. And depending on how many pistons you have in the engine, you get a total displacement. In other words, say on this, uh, on the, well, on the Honda that we were just talking about, mm -hmm. it's got a 3.5 liter engine. And that is roughly, if you've got 61 cubic inches per liter, that's about 210 cubic inches, which is an, it's almost an indication of the power that you can get out of the engine. There's other factors involved, but we won't get into those. Mm -hmm. And so a 3.5 liter V6 on this Honda is 210 cubic inches that the all the uh, six cylinders displace, the total displacement of all six cylinders. So that's what we mean when we talk about engine displacement. Hmm. Well, we give the volume in liters, but back in the old days, we would talk about cubic inches. And if you remember back in the muscle cars of the 60s, you had like engine sizes over like 400 cubic inches. And so those were, you know, the really monster engines back then. Now, now was that the the, the number like uh, 427? Was a yeah 409, 427. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hey, I learned like something. <laughs> it, it 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 was roughly what the the horsepower was. So sometimes they interchanged those numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you have for us today? Okay, uh, let's see. Well, it was kind of a Musk minute that uh, <laughs> I should have worked this in, but uh, China says it's going to launch several thousand satellites to, in low Earth orbit to, to uh, I guess there's no other way to, to put it, but to block <laughs> the uh, Elon Musk Starlink satellites from providing service in China. Now, this seems more like a a schoolboy fight that, you know, my satellite constellation is bigger than yours. <laughs> and but meanwhile, while they're, you know, the, the Chinese are acting like uh, spoiled, uh, spoiled sports here, they're also filling up low Earth orbit with a lot of satellites and, and debris. Great. And it, it, it's getting crowded up there. Mm -hmm. now, you look out any night on a clear night and you're going to see a lot of satellites going over. Mm-hmm. I remember remember back in the day, okay? I don't know, remember when Echo 1 went over? Oh, Echo 1, yeah. Yeah, like 1960. <laughs> right, it was a big reflective balloon. Right. I remember we were all at your house there, and they said, Echo 1's going over. We all run outside and are looking for it. And I think we saw it. Yeah. You know, you see, a, you see a, a spot. It looked like a star moving through the sky. Mm -hmm. And that's what you look now if you, uh, you know, go outside where you've got a fairly clear view and just stare at the sky. Every once in a while you'll see something moving and it's not an airplane. Mm. Yeah, well, on, on, ongoing, uh, you know, uh, air pollution, or <laughs> you know, I mean, obscuring uh, views. Sky of, pollution. Uh, sky pollution. Yes. Well. Yes. Okay, uh, do you have anything else for us today? Well, kind of space-related here. Mm -hmm. The uh, the uh, 
Russians have docked a Soyuz rescue ship, <laughs> rescue ship at the International Space Station to bring back the crew that was stranded when a leak developed mm. in the uh, spaceship that they had flown up in several months ago. Mm. Now, these uh, this crew was supposed to come back all around now, but because they have a new ship up there that has a longer life, they're going to leave them up on the station till maybe September in order to use the full potential of that the rescue ship to bring them back. Hmm. Okay, and then what what do they do with, with the uh, remaining ship? <laughs> well, they're uh, they're going to bring that back, and uh, you know, a lot of times with these cargo vessels, they'll just let them burn up. But because this one was a, a capsule that had a would carry a crew, they're going to try to recover it and uh, check it out and see what might have caused the the leak in the cooling system that was uh, yeah. that uh, they they speculate it might have been a, a micrometeorite mm. uh, uh, causing damage to one of the systems there but they want to look at it and find out maybe it was something that happened on the ground before it was launched mm. Wasn't there some kind of uh, scandals where one uh, the Soviet uh, Soviet Russian uh, module, bef- you know, after what was it, a couple of years ago or something, where like it sprang a leak and I don't know, everybody was uh, anyway. Do, do you remember that? that uh, well, I think that what incident? you might yeah. be referring to is they there was speculation that uh, the leak might have been caused by sabotage, mm. but uh, I don't know, you know. That uh, it seems kind of far fetched to put a a crew in uh, physical danger to uh, for sabotage. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, at, at least the the crews on the space station, no matter what their nationality is, they they tend to get along because they know they're all in the same boat. Right, right. Right, Not like we are here. It's a bigger boat, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. We, can't we just get along? Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like there's not much, uh, not enough room for Russia and everybody else right now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, okay. Uh, anything else uh, you have today? Yeah, this this was uh, kind of encouraging and uplifting. This story. Okay, maybe we should end with this here. Mm-hmm. That you know we keep hearing about self-driving cars and artificial intelligence and. You know, the the cars are going to drive themselves and whatever. And a group of developers at Colorado University of Boulder have come up with an artificial intelligence uh, working cane for blind people. Hmm. Okay? This would have uh, a camera and vision, computer vision technology that will allow a blind person to not only navigate around obstacles, but to, say, go into a supermarket and select items off the shelf hmm. because that uh, they would get cues that would tell them what they're looking at and what the price is. Hmm. So that that's one way that, uh, you know, and you might say, why hasn't somebody thought of this before? We're trying to get self-driving cars, but... You know, let's get somebody to go to the grocery store who, who's vision impaired and, you know, some of the other things that they've t- 
tested with this is, say, a, uh, a person goes into a restaurant and wants to sit down at a, a table or whatever, and this would find them an empty table and chair. Hmm. You know, that, that's just an example of what it can do. I imagine you go into a restaurant and the, the maitre d' would direct you to a, a table at, and a chair. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of it's nice to see something that's so simple uh, being developed to help people directly. Hmm. All right, that's good. And is that a wrap? That's a wrap for today. Glad we could get together and be well. All right. Glad we could get together. All right, and that was Cousin Rick calling from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.